Welcome to the Tad and Brad Hoffa Day Podcast. So, we made one, and it lasted. I think three people listened to it. Your mom. Was one of them. Yeah. My, my wife was one of them. Okay. And my daughter was one of them. I forced them to listen while we were driving to Louisville. You forced them to listen to. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ted, and that is Brad. Howdy. We are from uh, J103. I do mornings, and Brad does afternoons. And this is the Huffa Day podcast yes. here. Episode number two. Brad, just in review, what does Huffa Day mean? Huffa Day is a Guamanian term. Uh, the indigenous people call the Chamorros out on the island. Uh, they say half a day when they uh, meet each other, like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? So what's there, up? So there you go. We talked in the first episode. Uh, if you missed our radio journeys, you can go and take there. Whereas, And, and this whole podcast is kind of like a, a comparison between me and Brad. Uh, we grew up on different sides of the country and just so many different things. I had maybe four radio jobs my whole life. Brad's had 64, you know. Exactly, <laughs> yes. That's basically how it works. Today, though, let's talk about, let's, instead of going on our radio journey again, let's go on our faith journey. All right. How was it that you came to know Christ, and uh, um, and then I'll share how, or I can go first. It doesn't matter to me. Um, um, sure, go ahead. Let's you share yours first. I grew up in a, in a Baptist church my whole life. My mom and dad knew each other uh, in the youth group at church. My grandparents on both, on both sides knew each other, um, and so... Needless to say, when I was born, as soon as I was old enough, I was in church, and uh, um, I was there my whole life. Sunday school, vacation Bible school in the summertime, uh, everything. When when the church doors were open, the Gokies were there. Wednesday night, Sunday night, Sunday morning. Uh, youth, I was very super involved in my youth group and things, but before I get there, when I was in elementary school, about eight years old, I had there were four real good friends, me and three other guys, Gary, David, and Roy. And whenever you saw one you'd see the other three. That's how good of friends we were. Um, if you were to stand in one part of our church on a corner of two hallways and one of us came walking around, you guarantee you're in the next 10 seconds or the other three are going to come walking around. If one of us got new shoes, all of us got new shoes. That's, we were just good buddies. Well, over the course of, uh, I don't know, four or five months, I guess it was, three of the four boys of the friends gave their life to Christ. Mm-hmm. I was the last one. Hmm. I was the odd man out. And I didn't like that. I'd seen them walk to the front of the church. I had seen them talk to the pastor. I had seen them be baptized and all that. And I knew that I, I wasn't like that. Now, I grew up in Bible school and Sunday school and everything, so I knew all the answers and all the Bible stories. Well, one Sunday morning, I don't even remember what was going on. I knew that I was in children's church, and I just I don't know if I didn't like what they were doing in children's church that day or whatever, but I said, I need to go up front. Christian lingo for I need to go see the pastor up in front during the invitation. So they let me go out of the classroom. I walked up there. I walked in the church right as they were all standing up singing, I don't know, just as I am for the 88th time or whatever. And I walked down the front of the church. I grabbed Pastor Jay Brown by the hand. He knelt down. He asked me all the questions. I shook my head to the right answers and no to the right answers. And then he spun me around and presented me to the church. And then all the People came up and shook my hands. The old lady, hop, you know, slobbered and hugged on me and everything like that. And then a couple weeks later, I was Baptist. But I missed something. You know, fast forward now to the age of 16. 16 years old, I began to realize I was real involved in the youth group. I had led other boys and girls to Christ. And when I was working at a, at a summer camp and things, I was the president of the youth group and youth choir and adult choir, all this stuff. But at the age of 16, God began to deal with me. And he said, Ted, you know a lot about me but you don't really know me. And I realized that I had 
it's like when you play baseball or softball and you get up there and here comes the pitch, you're batting, and you crack that ball way out in the center field, base hit, and you go running right over pitcher's mound to second base. What happens in that case, Brad? You're out. You're out because I missed first base. I never and so first base is praying and asking Christ into your heart. I joined the church. I was baptized and all that, but I never prayed and asked Christ into my heart. So all I was was a wet Baptist is all I was. And um, and so you think anybody that has any kind of wits about them or any kind of knowledge about would or courage or whatever would realize, hey, I got a common sense. I got to take care of this. But I put it off because the devil kept playing tricks on me saying, hey, Ted, man, if you go down there in front of all those people, they're going to think you've been lying to them for eight years. And, and uh, you know, what about those other boys and girls who gave life to Christ? They're going to doubt their salvation because of you. And, and then he'd say stuff like, you know, you can't do it today because, uh, you know, your mom and, or your grandparents aren't here. And, mm. you know, they want to be here to be special. Well, every time I would leave a church service under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I just knew that I needed to make that decision. I felt like I had a ton of concrete that was just on my shoulders. So finally, one Sunday morning, I don't remember the date. I don't remember anything like that. I don't remember what, you know, it got so bad I was in the adult choir, and I'd say, okay, God, if, if we'll sing this many verses of this invitation hymn, then I'll do it. You know, and to this day, I don't think Farmdale Baptist Church ever sang 88 verses of Just As I Am, but in an invitation. But anyway, one Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit was just so uh, heavy on my heart that I, I walked down from the choir loft in my choir robe and pastor brother bill sullivan at that time stuck his hand out and i totally walked by pastor bill and knelt down at the altar Hmm. because uh it wasn't between me and pastor bill or anybody it was between me and god and that's where i prayed and asked christ to come into my heart and uh stood up told brother uh sullivan what was going on he spun me around and i kind of cringed thinking all these mean mad faces are going to be looking at me scowling at me but they weren't. They were all filled with joy and, and uh, that I had gotten my heart life right with the Lord. And then I was baptized again because the first time didn't really count for anything. So that's kind of my faith journey. And about a year later, I was called into full-time ministry. So what about you? Wow. Okay. Well, it definitely is different than that. Um, I did not grow up in church. Um, we were forced to go to a catechism and uh, no one really liked that, and so... Um, what is catechism? Catechism is, uh, um, uh, in Catholicism, I guess you could say, uh, but it was not... Was that CCD? Yeah, CCD, that. exactly. Okay. Yeah. I had friends that were Catholic growing up, and they, they went to CCD. Yeah, CCD was after school. It was until eighth, eighth grade or something like that. But uh, let me back up and, and give you... Uh, there's actually three parts to it, because it's, uh, it, it's pretty hardcore. So, just want to say... Uh, my parents are agnostic. Uh, I, I, they believe in God, but I don't think they ever stepped inside of a church I- I- except they were married. Uh, that was it. Um, when I was, shoot, how old was I? Probably four or five. Um, I was watching something on television. It was uh, it was. Um, it was a travel show out of Los Angeles. I, I, like I said, I grew outside of L.A. And um, one of the icons was a grinning son. And it just scared the hell out of me. I, I, I just, just to be completely honest with you, and I freaked out. Well, um, that icon was um, so prevalent in my dreams that I would have nightmares about it every single night about this son grinning at me and I would just wake up in night terrors just 
in sweat and just crying, and my parents thought I was a freak and, and just incredibly weird. And then I remember when I was six, I had this dream where I heard this siren just going off in my head, and I ran out the front door, and there was the moon doing the exact same thing. So I could not dream day uh, – I, I couldn't really fall asleep. It, 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 there is a uh, twilight zone. It's called Perchance to Dream. And the basis behind it is if the guy falls asleep, he's going to die. And so I basically had that fear that if I fell asleep, I knew that this dream was going to come. I knew this icon was going to be there, this grinning sun. And my mom and dad would still watch this. And it got to the point where it was, you know, I, I could just hear one chord of the melody and I would just freak out. So, um, they and and I admit I was I was uh, I was very hyperactive back then. I was diagnosed with hyperactivity, ADHD, and all that stuff, and so that stuff just kept playing in my mind. So I would never sleep at night. So um, I had these dreams all the way up until I was nineteen. So when I accepted Christ, but I want to back up because. My mom and dad wanted me to go to church. They wouldn't go to church. They, they would not go to, to church, go to church, but they wanted me to go to church. So I think it was in eighth grade, I, I, I got out of confirmation, and they said, okay, you need to go to church. And I said, okay, no problem at all. I'll just you know go with my next-door neighbor, who was a very devout Catholic, who was into Christ, and I would get a ride with her because the church was five miles away. So I said, okay, I'll just get a ride with Mrs. D., no, you're going to ride your bike. <laughs> well, it was, like I said, five miles away, and I didn't have a bike. I couldn't drive, obviously, and I was like, let me just ask Miss D. And it almost came to the point of blows about me going to church. So I was very resentful about going to church because my parents made me go while my brother and my sister and my mom and dad sat on the couch and had pancakes. Wow. Yeah. So I'd have a cold bowl of cereal, and then I'd be on my bike, you know, 40-degree weather, and huffle all the way across. I didn't have a 10-speed. I had a one-speed back then. And so I'd get to church, and everybody would be dressed to the nines and stuff like that, and I would read the paper in church. Hmm. I would seriously read the paper in church. I would just so forget it. I don't want to deal with this. It was just— and it, and it wasn't the church. The church was wonderful. Father Burnham and—, and <laughs> excuse me, Father McGrath and everybody uh, was wonderful. No problem at all. I was just very resentful. I just did not want to deal with it. And I held that against my parents for the longest time. And so they, on Sunday, would do whatever, and I'd be off to church. I'd come back, you know, and they were all filled with pancakes and stuff like that. Very resentful. So that was eighth grade. I want to fast forward to, I'm 19, and um, I, I could... I could care less about Christ. I just was just sick. I mean, I there was a certain part of the population that was the bouffant hair wearing, Rolex wearing, preachers on TV, it just sickened me. So I was at my friend's house. His name is Harold. Totally cool dude. His mom was um a very devout sect of, I think it was Pentecostal holiness. And so she goes, Brad, are you a Christian? And I was like, 
yeah, 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 I'm a Christian, whatever. And she goes, well, have you ever accepted Jesus into your life? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. Um, well, I'm a Christian. And she said, um, well, we'd like to pray for you and, you know, accept Jesus into your life. And I was like, okay. And I remember walking to the couch and the devil was screaming at me, you're going to be a freak. Your parents are going to disown you. Your friends are going to leave you. You're going to, uh, nothing's going to change. You're just going to become one of those wackos that bangs on doors. And I mean, all these things were just going through my head. So I sat on the couch and uh, it was was his mom on one side and uh, Harold on the other. We all held hands and we prayed the prayer to receive Jesus. And I remember saying under my breath, I said, if you're true, if you say who you are, please take away these nightmares. Because up till then, from five up until 19, every single night, there was that nightmare, and I would get like four hours of sleep. So I was like, all right, Lord, if you're real, prove it. There was transformation right there and then. Wow. I stopped cussing. I got a ring on my right finger, and I never understood it, but the Lord put uh, on my ring finger, there's, there's a, a ring right here that obviously no one can see. But I, I stopped having nightmares that night. Wow. I've never had one again. Never. And I was like, well, what's the ring for? And no one could ever tell me. What's the ring for? And then I remember in the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Remember how he put the ring on the finger? Yeah, sure. So that's what happened. So that was case one. So was... Um, Going around, uh, finally a Christian, but you know what? I, 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 I didn't want to join the church. I, I was a lone ranger Christian. Mm-hmm. Didn't want fellowship because everybody else was weird. They were weird, <laughs> you know, bouncing the Bibles and just, you know, and, and, and I didn't like that. I just, but I was a Christian. So, you know, uh, played the game for the longest time. When I was in college, uh, I went to San Diego State University got involved in a cult and and those guys just just railed me they're like well if you're a real christian you know you'll disown your parents because it says you must leave your parents and you must date only sisters because people were the only people that you can you can deal with you know and I mean, it got to the point, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this before. It's called the Crossroads Movement. Crossroads Movement. I hadn't heard that. Okay, Crossroads Movement, Church of Boston. For those that are listening right now, Church of Boston, International Church of Christ. Now, this is not the United Church of Christ. That's a whole different entity. That's like what we have here in Chattanooga. But ICC was, was it. Anyway, these guys would pray on college campuses, and I meant you had to— they took 10% out of your paycheck. I mean, they found a way to get into your bank account. You had to date only sisters. You had to— Meaning people in the court, not your own per- biological sisters. Yes, yes, okay. yes, okay. yes, exactly. The other you, sisters in the court. In yes, the cult, other, in yes the cult. exactly. So you had to date only sisters, okay, quote-unquote, live with the brothers, disown your parents. I kid you not. They wanted me to call my parents and say, I can't deal with you anymore. You are not of this, so goodbye. Wow. That— in, in, and and you're just like what so these so i was like okay i need to separate myself from this but they had 10,000 people back in the 80s yeah. in in san diego that were going to this church and i mean it was just a, a ruse but I, I i separated myself and these guys 
would still come banging on my door at six o'clock in the morning. Do you want to serve God? Or do you want to serve man? Just may and and I was just like, oh my God, I, I just can't deal with this. So the Lord moved me out to uh, to Ohio, and where I got my first radio gig. Thank God. Um, didn't have to deal with the cult anymore, obviously. Never had to deal with him again, but just became a lone lone ranger, and. I just kind of wandered in the wilderness and then I went to Guam and this is where it gets weird. I went to an Eastern mysticism shop and I got a fish earring. I used to have a, a double shot, double, double hoops at one time. And one of them was a, a dangling earring and it was a fish. And so I used to wear it cr proudly as a Christian. You know, I wouldn't go to church, but I had this Christian fish had dangling off my ear the whole time. <laughs> I had that for quite a while. So I got to the point where I was just like, okay, I need to get into church. So I started going to this one church, and it was a super hardcore, legalistic, fundamental, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. Here we go again. And so I called my friend who was a Christian, and I said, I am renouncing Christ. This is a joke. I can't deal with this anymore. I don't want anything to do with Christianity I'm going back to Catholicism. I'm going to X, Y, and Z. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Forget Christianity. Goodbye. I, I care less about Jesus or anything else. If this is what it's like, goodbye. And my friend said, let me have you talk to one of my friends who's a pastor. And I was like, okay, all right. So I talked to this gentleman. He's like, dude, Hey, man, we're going for pancakes, man. You want to chill out with us? And then after that, God man. God knows how to get your attention. We're going to go, we're going to go surfing. I was just like, what? Because, you, know, you know, everything that I was accustomed to, the cult and, and everything I was, was, was ties and all that, which is God, you know, if you want to wear a tie and all that, that's God bless. So, man, we're sitting there eating pancakes like it's going out of style. And they're like, dude. I heard you want to renounce Christ. And I was just like, yeah, man, I just can't deal with this. I can't hang. And then he turned me on to these really super cool scriptures about how God's loving and all that. And started going to his church. It was Grace Church. It was a wonderful church out there on Guam. And, and, and you know, just Pastor Dave is wonderful. And I mean, he just totally turned me on to Christianity and set me up with a mentor. And actually, I, you know, and, and then... I actually had two mentors when I was on Guam. I had a super hardcore Pentecostal um, guy that was, you know, uh, just a mountain man, big, burly, bear guy, you know, and would like, you know, chew down trees with his teeth and stuff like that. And on the other side, I had the super, um, the guy that you would see at your um, normal Baptist church, you know, yeah. just. So I had these two mentors. And so I kind of went my way through, through the uh, um, through the uh, um, the process, and just okay, I was a good Christian boy. And then I got to Baton Rouge after going to Guam, and I uh, started looking for a church, and I started um, having real problems with uh, with women for some reason. I don't know why. It just it just. I just, they were just consuming me, these women. And I was just like, I'm not, I'm not. You weren't on Bourbon Street. No, no. Okay. I was, at, I was at Baton Rouge and, you know, I, I actually gave up sex. I was just like, mm, mm, you know, this is, let's save it, you know, save it till marriage. Let's, let's not do this thing. You know, um, I wasn't a virgin though, but 
So I was just like, oh, whatever. But I had these these incredible problems with women. It was just nuts. And so I went to this retreat, and I was just, I was like, Pastor Frank, man, I'm just, I, I can't deal with this. I'm just, I, I, I don't know what's going on. And so he said, I want you to talk to Mr. Stanley. Well, Mr. Stanley looked like he crawled out of a gutter. <laughs> um, he, I mean, he looked like he shopped his Salvation Army. And he walks up to me and he goes, Brad, I want you to remove the earring. And I was like, oh, you legalistic, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe this. Da, 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 da. And I just went off on him. He goes, I really think you could use the help if you took off that earring. So I sat there under my breath and I left. Yeah, whatever, you loser, old man. I came back. I said, okay, let's try this. He goes, okay, I want you to take the earring out and I want you to hand it to me. So I did. And he goes, now I want you to put your hands over your ears. So I did. I was like, okay. He goes, now take the earring, put it in your left hand, cover your ears with the earring. Dude, that's what hell is. I saw, uh, it was just like razor wire was going through my brain. I saw snow. I almost had, uh, I had a panic attack. I started sweating. I mean, it was just demonic intervention. It was just freaky. I mean, it was just so weird. And people that were watching me were freaking out too. And I threw myself over the side of the bed and I said, Jesus, save me. And I haven't had a problem since after that. That's incredible. And my, uh, my pastor took the earring, threw in the toilet and peed on it. Wow. You know, what's really cool hearing you tell your story and your journey there and then hearing mine, I used to I used to say, okay, God, man, I wish I had one of those testimonies that was just, you know, I was a former gang member and I blah, blah, you know, mafia and all this stuff. And, and God just had to say, no, your story is your story and your story is just as incredible as anybody else's story. Do you have that story with Christ? As you're listening today, do you know that time when you asked Jesus into your heart? I hope you do. Hey, we're going to take a break real quick because there's another podcast that I would love to kind of steer you towards. It's called Work Tech Fun. It's uh, Brad and I, some of our co-workers at J103, Brett, Jared, and Deanna, they hang out, and theirs is a weekly podcast. I don't know how they find time to do that yeah, weekly, really. um, but they, they do it weekly, and they talk about those type things. They talk about the things they, they, they do at the radio station and all the different things. Deanna's our social media girl. Uh, Brett deals with a lot of the digital stuff and J Radio, and Jared does a lot of the digital and things. So work tech, they talk about the new technology that's out there, which that's where they it's over my head. Uh, and then fun, just all the fun stuff. So wherever you can find your podcast at, look for work tech fun. All right, we're going to shift gears a minute here, Brad. Sure. Since we both work for a radio station, a Christian radio station. Yes. A current favorite song or artist and why? Uh, let's see. I really like Echo by um, Torn Wells and Elevation Worship. Really? What is it about that song? Like? It's just got a hype beat behind it. I mean, Torn Wells just can bring it. I mean, he can bring it in any atmosphere. I mean, he's got the, hey, you know, let's console each other. But I mean, when he gets up on it, I mean, he's just got that. He's just got that power. I mean, he's just, I, I think he's a shining star. I mean, everything he touches when it comes to, <laughs> to funkiness, he's he's definitely got it going on. I mean, he's up there with Toby Mac. Case in point, uh, Torn's new song we're going to be playing here very soon is called "Like You Like You Know Like You Know Me," and uh, uh, it's it's that same one too. You're going to love the beat of that one. Mine right now is probably "It's Going to Get Better" by Stars Go Dim. Really? Uh, just because I've got some people in my life that are going through some real tough times and some real. Um, pivotal moments in their life and that song from stars go dim just reminds them that you know even when things are rough and tumble and all that hey god says 
It's going to get better. Just trust me. So anyway, what about this? Um, some current observations from the gym or the trail. As you've been running on the trail here recently, Brad does a lot of trail running. I do a lot of working out, although right now I've been focusing on dancing with the stars. But um, what's something you've learned recently from the trail? You know, so, um, you know, one of the things is, is and in, 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 you'll hear me harp on this probably through the podcast that we're talking about, is just, you know, keeping yourself lean and, and healthy. Uh, just one of the things that we all deal with is maybe, uh, you know, struggling with weight or, you know, maybe on the opposite side, anorexia, maybe you're dealing with or, or bulimia or stuff, or maybe you just think you're too fat or something like that. I just want to encourage you to, uh, you know, um, take a look at your diet and just look at those things that, uh, that, that can not use, not, not take them out, but just um, maybe a substitution or something like that. Um, one of the things that I, that I do um, is, is try to put as much protein in my, uh, in, in my diet as possible. Um, they say that you should have, um, when, you, when you break down things into, in, into thirds into your diet, you should have fats, proteins, and, and carbs. I try to put a little bit more protein in because, because I run. I try to get uh, six miles in every other day. Don't try to run every day because uh, that's bad for the knees. It mm -hmm. actually is. So um, if you're uh, running like eight to 10 miles a day, I would encourage you to take a break and maybe work on your core maybe the other maybe the other day or something like that. Just some, some simple, and, and I'm not talking about, I know, Ted, you like to lift and, and that's totally cool. Um, but, you know, if, if you're just doing a run, maybe just lift light weights, maybe sure. just work some core. But um, next time you're thinking about getting some potato chips or something like that, um, I would encourage you to try uh, baked um, uh, baked chickpeas. Baked chickpeas. Baked chickpeas. Uh, there's a brand called Good Brain, uh, Good Bean that, that carries a lot of them. And uh, they're just basically pure protein. And um, it's not going to fill you up. Um, you know, you're going to get that satisfied because there's salt on it and chocolate or Chipotle or, or whatever you want to put on there. But that is just one of the things that um, I would encourage you to do. And then another thing what I would encourage you to do is, um, you know, having a soda or something like that is uh, uh, grab a kombucha. Uh, you're probably thinking, well, what is that? Uh, it's basically a fermented tea. It's just carbonated tea. But it's got a lot of um, what they call uh, probiotics, which is perfect for your gut. And the probiotics actually, what they do is they um, stimulate gut activity so it keeps your, and this, I don't understand the science behind it, but it, it actually keeps your memory functions going. How does it taste, though? Because I've seen those. I've seen the kombucha drinks, but it, to me, the name just sounds gross. No, it just t t tastes like green tea. Okay. I, yeah, it just tastes okay. like green or black tea with a fizz. That's, that's basically it. Um, some of the, the, the great brands are Lenny's Boy, if, if, which has ginger in it. And if you don't like ginger, it's, it's got a sharp ginger taste, but... I meant there's also one called um, 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 Kanaya, which is really good. It's, uh, uh, but it's, it's very healthy. Good. There's nothing wrong with it. And uh, those are just two things that you can try. For me, you know, like you mentioned, I, I like working out in core work. Every morning I'll do um, a three-minute plank and then a one-minute break, and then a two-minute plank, and then a one-minute break, and then a one-minute plank. Wow. And then I'll crank out about 50 push-ups. Wow. And um, that's what my workout has been while I've been doing – well, I've been doing that now for about a year. But um, I started doing that Dancing with the North Georgia Stars, and I'll tell you, 
dancing is a workout if you're doing that. I haven't done much dancing in my life, um, but uh, it really is. All right, East Coast versus West Coast. Hit it. How did you celebrate Valentine's Day growing up? Um, you know, there are just so many different things. I remember my uh, um, my girlfriend would, uh, in, in San Diego, we'd get on a... Uh, We'd uh, um, get on a train and we'd go down to uh, Ensenada. Uh-huh. And so we'd cross the border and stuff like that when the sun set going down. And you could see the what they call the, the green flash, where the sun goes down right over the horizon of the ocean. And there's just like a, a green pop or something oh, like wow. that. Yeah, that was totally cool. Um, really didn't do the... Um, the, uh, the hearts and the flowers and the candies and stuff like that. That just was not cool. Um, See, I'm just the opposite. I grew up, and every Valentine's Day morning before we'd go to school to have our Valentine's parties and all that kind of stuff, my mom would get us a heart-shaped box of Russell Stover's, oh, you know, wow. Valentine chocolates. It's kind of, you know, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, um, like Forrest Gump. And that's how it was. You know, you'd have the ones like, ooh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Ah, it's a maple, gross, yes. you know, those type things. But uh, um, And then you go to school, and you make the little shoe boxes there. You wrap them up with a tissue paper, a little hole in it. And the night before, you fill out the little Valentine cards there by your class, and you made sure that you gave the coolest ones, the Spider-Man cards or whatever, to your really good friends and to the kids that aren't, weren't really nice to you or whatever, you gave the, you know, the little cheesy ones, whatever. Right. And then you go around the classroom and put them in their boxes, and then you'd see them all at the end of the day. So what about now? How do you and your wife celebrate Valentine's Day now? Uh, good gravy. How do we celebrate Valentine's Day? My wife is a florist. And so flowers are a, a no. I, I never have to send my wife flor- flowers. Yeah. So I have to get creative in other ways. But because she's so busy on Valentine's Day, we usually do nothing on really? Valentine's Day. Yeah, maybe the day before, maybe a couple days after, we'll go out to eat or do something like that. She keeps sending me these hints, though, like the, the train, you know, going on the, the Tennessee Railroad Beautiful. Museum over here and yes. that type stuff and, and, and a couple other things. But uh, Coupon book. A coupon book. Have you done the coupon book? Yeah. Yeah, you do the coupon oh. book. Yeah, you put up I'm I don't know 15 pages of you know this and this gives you a free uh uh what was one of the things it's like uh um a free cookie over at uh, Bread and Butter or yeah. something like that or this is a free you know, I'll mow the lawn without saying something, or <laughs> I will adjust this, or something like that. Yeah. That's cool. Hey, we're going to come back, because I've got one more surprise as we about way to wrap this up here. I've got a surprise for uh, uh, for Brad uh, that I've been holding on to here for a little bit. But before we get to that, let me encourage you. You heard us talking about earlier about that special podcast called Work Tech Fun. Well, two of those three, Brad and uh, Jared, they're kind of overachievers as far as this podcast goes. They have a program called Hope Talks, a podcast called Hope Talk. And we hope you'll listen to that one. Hope Talk really focuses you in on on hope, on where they get hope. They'll be talking about different things uh, that's going on and as it relates to their faith. So wherever you can find your podcast, check that one out too, Hope Talks. All right, real quick, Brad. Would you rather be the star player on a losing basketball team or ride the bench on a winning one, and why? Star? Be the star player on a losing basketball team, or ride the bench on a winning one. I think I'd probably ride the bench on a winning one. And the reason I say that is because I like to, I like to learn. And so I would um, I'd probably be the cheerleader if I was on the bench because um, – 
I think that there would just be a lot of anxiety if you're trying to draw people up. And I, I think that there would be maybe a sense of, I can't believe these people aren't as good as me. Why am I here? I need to be in a better situation. Where I'd rather take the humble route and say, I need to learn from these guys so I can come up to their level. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one, too. That would be my choice, too. I've always terrible at basketball. Everybody in my neighborhood was at least a foot or tall or two taller than me growing up. And so when we'd sit around on a summer day, hey, what do you want to do today? Oh, let's go uh, let's go play in the dirt dump. Oh, uh, let's go catch crawdads. Uh, right on, hey, man. let's go play basketball. And I'm like, no, we got to go playing basketball. So it wasn't any fun. But, yeah, I think the same thing because if you're riding the bench, you're going to have to practice with these guys. Yeah. And so the better they are, the more it's going to improve you. All right, so over Christmas time when I was on vacation, I was listening to you one afternoon. I know this is a Surprises you that I listen to the radio all the time. Really, and uh, um, and I I, uh, I heard you mention something called Panatone. Panatone, yes. Tell us what Panatone is. Panatone, actually, you know what? There's a story behind Panatone. Okay, my grandfather, um, his dad came from Switzerland, and there was three of them. There was Lino, Elena, and, and Alfonso. Alfonso was my grandfather. Well, uh, Lino came to America also, but Elena stayed behind. In Switzerland. And so when I was really young, and I think I met her like once, she would always send panettone. Panettone is a cake. It's got rum. It's got um, currants, which is like a real sweetened raisin. And um, it's got um, unchurned butter. And it also has uh, dates. And so it was a big, huge cake. And um, this would arrive in the mail uh, every single year, and you would serve it with um, uh, what they call a vinotino sauce. And a vinotino sauce was um, a little bit of rum and cherries, and I think it was mandarin oranges, and you would just put it in a blender, and you'd pour it over the panettone, and then you'd heat it up. And really? That's, and that that's, sounds pretty good. And that's what we had. I mean, that's how we celebrated the Swiss side of our family okay. during the holidays. Have you had Panettone since? No, I have not had a Panettone since. Are you since. kidding me? Nope, not at all. Oh, I can't find it. Then this is, yeah, you can. What? It's called Panettone. I've got you one. I found it the day that I heard you talk about that. I went into a store, and there they were. Oh, my God. And uh, so I've, uh, I've got it. I just Are you serious? I'm a Panettone here. There's a, I got us a couple of forks. Oh couple my gosh, we're having panettone. And we're going to have, now I don't have the sauce. That's and, okay. And it's not a very big one, but. No, uh, no, uh, no. Well. But we can try this and see. So, um, how panettone is. Yeah. Oh man, this just takes me back. I should be listening to. Uh, it looks like the size of a muffin, like yeah. a, an Otis Spunkmeyer muffin. Yeah, it That's does. what this one looks like, so. I'll and it's got the currants. And let you cut us a, a, a bite of that one there. Oh, smell yeah, like it? dude. What does it smell like? Dude, you know what? It, it, it just evokes a memory of the tree being up, the presents underneath, the candles are burning right above the fireplace, <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. And Grandpa and, and Uncle Lino are, are hanging out, and they're talking to uh, Bobshi and Jaji, and so, I mean, that just... 
Man, boy, I'll tell you that smell just brings back memories. So <laughs> he's peeling the wrapper of it because it really does look like a cupcake. Yeah, it is does. What, or a muffin. It looks like a big muffin, uh, is what it does here. So, uh, well, I hope you enjoy this, man. I do too. I, well, I hope you enjoy it. That's, oh, that's the main thing there. So go ahead and get you a bite of that, and then I'll share a bite uh, uh, right. there with you. So, man, this uh, is like taking me back to like you know seriously. I mean, this is way. I mean, we're like six or seven years old right now. So that's the last. Again, I have no idea how a prepackaged panettone is going to taste, but uh, oh man, Father God, we just thank you so much for the panettone and let it bring back great memories in <laughs> Jesus' name. Oh, that's it, man. That's pretty good. That's it. That's pretty good. That's it. And now, just imagine with the vinotino. Yeah, really, with that sauce over mm. top of it. So oh there you gosh. go. As we enjoy Panatone, as mm. we've taken Brad back to his memories on that side of the coast there, mm-hmm. thanks for hanging out with us here. We'll see you next month, March 1st, for the next Hoffa Day podcast. You have been listening to the Tad and Brad Hoffa Day podcast.